the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In the Ad Council. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into hour two this Tuesday, July 27th, 2021. It's a delight to welcome my friend, our friend, occasional guest host here, John Hinderocker, a co-publisher and founder of the Powerline blog, among many other achievements. John, thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Phoenix Airwaves. Hey, great to be with you, Seth. Thank you, brother. Uh, I've had about as much fun as I can take with this January 6th business. Um, I don't know where to begin, but I'll, I'll start with this, I suppose. Um, and it's it's from Jamie Raskin, who was on the committee of the Permanent Select Committee. Now, Jamie Raskin's supposed to be a great constitutional scholar, former professor of constitutional law at American University, Harvard, Harvard, Harvard. You know, you know the accolades he um, he is uh, showered with, and um, and one of the interesting things he said today in questioning um, these uh, police officers and capital uh, capital uh, police officers. He said, um, and I quote directly, there are many Republicans who are trying to compare January 6th to Martin Luther King's march on Washington. Many others who denying are denying the reality of what happened. Do you know of a single Republican who has made an analogy to Martin Luther King's march on a single one, John? I mean, you and I know a lot of Republicans, and yeah, I don't yeah. know a one. Hundreds, possibly thousands. We might know thousands. Together, we might. <laughs> Probably thousands. No, I, that's a new one on me, Seth. I have not heard a single Republican uh, make such a comparison, and I don't expect to. I um I am noticing the trend here to paint the entire Republican Party as the New York Times Department of Justice uh, reporter did today. She re- painted the entire Republican Party of denying the reality and in, and and for being enemies of the state, enemies of the state, mind you. I just looked up um, what Republicans were tweeting on January sixth. I figure Jim Jordan is as good a Republican as any Trump supporter. Here's his tweet, January sixth. Stop the violence. Support the Capitol Police. Um, I, I just, I, the memory holding, the 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 evasion, the turgisservation, John. It's all it's all aimed in a very scary McCarthyite place, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. But sure, yes, Seth. But they're not fooling anyone. Okay. I think this is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Oh, good. You know, I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody who is watching these hearings or listening to these hearings with bated breath. Oh, my gosh, we're going to learn about this terrible assault on our democracy. I mean, it is such patent nonsense. I don't think anybody is falling for it. You know what it reminds me of, Seth? Do you remember? You might not be old enough to <laughs> even know about this. It was sometime in the 1970s when the Democrats, you know, firmly controlled the House of Representatives, they appointed a permanent select committee on assassinations. Right. And this committee, which was it was run by the usual bozos in the House, 
purported to investigate the John Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, and Martin Luther King assassination. Okay, I don't All three remember of them. Good, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a reason why you don't remember uh-huh. it. So, so they carried out this alleged, <laughs> these alleged investigations, and they wrote a report, and the conclusion was that all three of them were conspiracies. Oh, you know? wow. And, you know, God only knows who the conspirators were, but they were all, they were all conspiracies. And the report got put on a shelf and, and uh, politely forgotten. I think this is very similar. You know, the reality is so different from what these people want to portray. You know, we, we Republicans have our faults. But we are not so stupid or so poorly armed that if we decided to have an insurrection, no one would think to bring a firearm, yeah, right? right? I mean, they did not recover a single or to hasten, firearm or to hasten, from a so-called insurrectionist. Or, or, or to hasten and speed up the certification of the election, which is what the result of January 6th I mean, was. The whole thing is so stupid. And I'm sure you've seen the video, and I'm sure most of our listeners have seen the video, of the the one of the entrances to the Capitol, where the guards, for reasons, I'd love to see this investigated. By the way, I wonder if the committee will take this up. For reasons unknown, the guards opened the doors and invited the protesters to come in, and they did. They 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 streamed up the steps and into the entrance. They're looking around. They're taking pictures with their cell phones. They're staying between the stanchions. You know, the red velvet velvet ropes. They stay between them and they politely walk into the. Capitol building where they have been invited by the guards. I mean, this is this is <laughs> this is the most uh, peaceable insurrection anybody ever saw. And of course, the leader of the insurrection, the apparent leader of the insurrection, is the guy with the fur hat and horns. Right? This is the guy that they they well, say, oh, yes, he's on to, some he's days trying to carry uh, out a coup. No, on some days, on some days, on other days. It's white supremacists, including the Proud Boys, whose leader is a Cuban African. Yeah, I know. It's, the whole thing is so stupid. And if they're going to have an investigation, are they going to call as a witness the guy that shot Ashley Babbitt? So can we talk about that for half a sec, John? Um, because this, this is the real memory holding. All the violence, all the death that took place on January 6th, there was really one. There was really one. And it was Ashley Babbitt. Now, Nancy Pelosi and a lot of people who are Democrats know who shot her. But to not put too fine a point on it, this was an unarmed woman shot in the back. And you know if the races were traded, that police officer would be fired and the entire nation would know his name. You know that's true. Oh, he'd be as famous as Derek Chauvin. Absolutely. 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 The, the dual standards here, uh, the, there are no words. But you did raise a very good point, John, which is the question, why would Nancy Pelosi for the first time ever try and dictate to the Republicans who they can and can't have on their committee? And I think the answer is she didn't want to be subject and she didn't want the officer's subject, witnesses' subject, to the questions about her leadership. And for that matter, Mark Milley's. There was this New Yorker piece uh, that leaked ahead of time the uh, Washington um, Post reporter's book uh, that uh, detailed some of the conversations between Trump and Mark Milley. Donald Trump is is telling uh, Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the acting defense secretary, Chris Miller, to be prepared for January 6th. That it was going, it, it was going to be, it was going to be a big deal, according to what Milley heard Trump say, and he said, "Yes, sir, we got this." 
These are the questions that I think need to be asked, too, but I think Pelosi's well, afraid of them. I, I, we learned something on January 6th, which, by the way, was nowhere near the worst riot of the last year in Washington, You mean 30 D. people weren't killed and billions of dollars of damage wasn't There was uh, a real riot sucked. in Washington in July, a, a George Floyd riot. Yep. I go in from memory, but I think 60, 60 police officers were injured yep. in that riot. There was a far worse riot on Donald Trump's inauguration day with buildings set on fire, black stores, clad protesters. Yeah, black-clad protesters, Reuters writes, that chased police cars out of the vicinity after throwing bricks through their windows. You bet there was a riot. Yeah, there, there have been some there real riots in Washington, D.C. This, this, however, was not one of them. And as you say, I mean, there were a couple of people who died of natural causes, which happens if you get 100,000 people in one place. You know, that can happen. You can have a couple of heart attacks. But only one person was, was killed as a result of any kind of violence, or as far as I know, even seriously injured. And that person was Ashley Babbitt. Right. But she's the wrong kind of victim who, um, whose death is in the wrong kind of court, evidently. Uh, John, one other question I wanted to, or one, one other point I wanted to get your thoughts on, because I, um, you're, you're, you're a very accomplished trial attorney, and I'm sure you've used the phrase kangaroo court any number of times. I was trying to look up the etymology of it. It's very obscure, but it does seem to me if one wanted a definition going forward or an illustration going forward of what a kangaroo court is, it's this. It's this what we're watching today. The other side gets no representation. It's very odd, John. And I hope you're right, and it ends up being a tale told by an idiot signifying nothing. I really hope you're right. I'm worried about what the history books will say. I'm not that worried, Seth. I don't think anybody is falling for it. Everybody knows this is just a partisan stunt by Nancy Pelosi. People care a lot more about uh, inflation, about crime, about critical race theory, about a lot of other serious things going on in the country right now. I, I asked my wife, hey, has there been a lot of buzz about this on the Internet today? And she said, not really. It's mostly about Simone Biles. You know? Yes, that's a that's a that's an interesting story. I, I, I was going to cover a little bit later too. I'm happy to take your thoughts on it if you want now. But but right, uh, and 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 forgive the American people for thinking we already went through this. Same characters: Adam Schiff, Jamin Raskin. It was called the second impeachment of Donald Trump after he left office. <laughs> the impeachment of the ex-president. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't think anybody fell for that. Okay. And, and I certainly don't think anybody's going to fall for it this time. Okay, good. Um, are, can I keep you a second segment, by the way? Because I want sure, sure. if I can ask you, you know, what people care about. You know what? I, th- I think they're caring a lot about this new masking thing in the CDC. Can we just chat a little bit around that? Sure. A little yeah, bit? Sure. All right, that'd be great. I have to take a quick break here. I'm Seth Liebson. He's John Hinderocker. Powerlineblog.com. If you want to be smart, you have to read the Powerline blog at least twice a day. You just have to. Um, I can't really even talk to people who don't read the Powerline blog. How's that for an endorsement? I'm Seth Liebson. He's John Hinderocker. We'll be right back. There's a little uh, Dion DiMucci for you, a name that should be familiar to Powerline readers. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Scott Johnson has written several things on, uh, on the greatness of the great work of Dion DiMucci personally and professionally. But our guest is his colleague John Hinderocker, co-founder and co-publisher of the Powerline 
blog. John, let me uh, let me switch. Not only written about Dion, he yeah. interviewed him well, for Powerline. Well, yeah, well. Dion is a patriot. Well, he's yes, one he of is. Us. Yes, he is. Yeah, and you were just playing there part of one of my all-time favorite songs. Well, you and I need to, we keep threatening to do an hour on music. But tell Scott he and I have one thing in common. We've both interviewed Dion DiMucci. You know what I interviewed him on? I interviewed. No. I, I think I think Scott asked a question about this too. I interviewed him on his work with uh, with uh, recovering addicts. It's really where he spends most of his personal time, and it's really noble work. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I bet yeah. Scott would like that. In any way, in any event, John. Today the CDC. Well, let me let me set the template. This was your president two months ago, Chris. Will you give me? Uh, Joe Biden two months ago, please. This was your president two months ago. Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Let me repeat. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. That was two months ago. And today, the CDC, let me quote directly from CNBC, if you accept CNBC, Um, Rochelle Walensky, quote, in areas with substantial and high transmission, CDC recommends fully vaccinated people wear masks in public, indoor settings to help prevent the spread and protect others. And this includes schools, including teachers, staff, students and visitors, regardless of vaccination status. Students, it includes students, regardless of vaccination status, John. Um, When when the government has told you things, they've had to do 180s on on every single effect of COVID. At what point do we just say, you know, I I can't trust this anymore? Well, yeah, I think that point was passed a long time ago. I mean, anybody, anyone who, I'll put it this way, anybody who trusts Dr. Fauci, I got a bridge I'd like to sell him. You know, that person is more gullible than the norm. This is so sad. I mean, I, I guess I guess the vaccine resistors have turned out to be right. You know, the government told us everybody has must be vaccinated. You got to be vaccinated. Once you're vaccinated, you're, it's okay. You can't get COVID. You can't spread COVID. You're you're clear. And and in a matter of you know, well, as you say, in a matter of sixty days, all of a sudden, oops, never mind. Uh, getting vaccinated apparently didn't do you any good whatsoever because now. The CDC wants you to put a mask on, just like the unvaccinated. No different. I mean, uh, this whole thing, everything. Is, is about- there a greater? Is there a greater, John? If you sat down with your team, Steve and Paul and Scott, and said, "How could we? How could we amplify? How could we increase vaccine hesitancy?" Would this maybe be the first idea? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it doesn't do any, if it doesn't do any good, who's going to get vaccinated? Why would you? I mean, it, this whole thing has been a fiasco, in my opinion, Seth, with the single exception of Trump's Operation Warp Speed. The global response to this epidemic has been a master class in what not to do, mm-hmm. how to inflict maximum damage while getting minimum benefit. And just when you thought that, you know, you hold up the cross, you know, and yep. the vampire yep. recedes into the darkness, yep. oops, here he comes again, yep. and they're telling us to, to put on masks. The real question, I think, is are people going to do it? Well, that is a real question. And then we get into another area of your expertise, which is probably not. And thus comes the necessary coercion from the government. I'm guessing that's where we're headed. This is very close to it. When you have governors saying non-vaccinated are the equivalent of drunk drivers, when you see this kind of Yeah, but Seth, I mean, that whole talking point is being taken away. 
because this CDC guidance, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, put a mask on. It's pretty hard. You, you can't say both, right? Because, because, because the vaccines either work or they don't. Right, exactly. If the vaccines work, there's, just like Joe Biden said two months ago, there's not a reason in the world for vaccinated people to do any of this nonsense. If the vaccines don't work, then the vaccine resistors, resistors were right all along. They can't have it both ways. Well, I think they have it both ways and then some. I got to tell you, I, I, I'm guessing if there were a real press in this country, the comms office would be working 24-7. You may recall about a week ago, a little less than a week ago, ago, six days ago, Joe Biden did a town hall on CNN. You probably remember that, John. I was one of the seven billion who didn't tune in. Okay, all right. So (laughs) I I did so you could luxuriate. (laughs) And Joe Biden said verbatim, if you get vaccinated, you're not going to die. Now, that's a lie. That's a lie. It's an untruth. It's an untruth. Almost a thousand people have died from COVID with the vaccine. It's just simply not true. Now, I don't yeah. think that Although that number is something I want to make it... actually died from COVID, you know... With is, COVID, the way we count COVID deaths. Right, the way we count them. Like, the way we like count Like a guy is in a car accident, is ejected from his car, lands in the ditch, yes. breaks his neck. Yes, of course. COVID. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I understand. By the way, do you know if George Floyd was counted as... You know, I have the record. Uh-huh. I have the records. I, I, I paid to buy them yeah. from the Minnesota Department of yeah. Health for 2020 and to date, whenever it was uh-huh. in 2021. And he is in there. Yeah. You know, he's in there. Uh, if you, they have all the records of everybody who died in 2020. And he's, if you search for COVID, you know, he's in there. And I don't know. They would have counted him as a COVID yeah. death yeah. if they didn't go out of their way not to that's right. put it that way. That's right. That's, that's, exactly, that's exactly the point. So the way they count it, the way the government counts it, the way all governments in the United States are counting it, Joe Biden told an untruth. Now, this was after tell, saying that Facebook is literally killing people for allowing the spread of untruths. By the way, did you not find this? I got to get this out with you and then I'll let you say whatever. You know how the administration was touting these 12 people who were responsible for 65 percent of the misinformation? Sure. Robert Kennedy Jr. Robert Kennedy Jr. is the first name on the list. Sure. He's been anti-vaxxer for about 30 years. Yeah, but not exactly a conservative Republican. I don't know that any of them were. Maybe a couple were. I don't know. But, I didn't you know, know the, who the, any of them were outside the of The anti-vaxxer community, yeah. such as it is, yeah. is, is basically a liberal community. I agree. I agree. Well, John, I mean, if you guys stand for anything over at Powerline, it's, um, it's uh, the line I love from George Orwell, that the first task of the modern educator has to be the restatement of the obvious. And you guys, are, you do it so intellectually and so well. I, I get thank yous from people who read Powerline because— I initially, you know, I told them about it. You guys just do such a great job, and you get better every year. It's amazing how great you guys are. You really well, are Seth, indispensable. Thank you so much. We have a lot of fun, too. Well, it's indispensable. It's really indispensable. So I know you're semi-retired from law. Don't retire from blogging, please. please well, I'm retired from law, but, you know, I run a think tank, a policy organization. It's a so fabulous one. Do you want to say something about it? Your magazine is a great magazine. Basis. Say something about it if you want, because your magazine is a great magazine, if you want to tell the audience about it real quick. Yeah. Uh, sure. So, I mean, the organization is Center of the American Experiment, and you can see what we're up to at AmericanExperiment.org. Not .com, but AmericanExperiment.org. We have a quarterly magazine called Thinking Minnesota, which I think is 
You know, it's one of the top conservative publications, circulation of over 120,000. I'm telling you right now it is. And if you think you don't live in Minnesota, so why would why bother? Trust me, I live in Arizona, and it's worth reading. John Hinderocker, bless you, sir. Godspeed. Hey, thanks, Seth. I'll, Have a great night. Always Bye-bye. Always great getting your thoughts. I'm Seth. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Love me some Alabama. You betcha. Uh, 602-508-0960. Rob is in surprise. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Um, your timing is perfect. I just got done picking up dog poop, so <laughs> there you go. Anyway, um, always enjoy listening to John Hinterocker, and always read uh, Powerline faithfully. Um, I found out some very interesting stuff uh, about the law enforcement officers on this January 6th hearing, in particular, uh, Capitol Police Officer Terry Dunn. Um, first of all, he... Uh, said something really nasty oh do me a, do me a favor rob there's something in the background i'm not sure if, i'm getting a little feedback oh, do, do you know yeah. what that is okay hold can on. you handle that real yeah. quick thanks yeah it was my radio fair anyway. enough good enough um he uh he was uh he falsely claimed that uh brian sicknick died as a result of injuries sustained on january correct 6th. that is not what his family will tell you or the me report that's right and then uh harry uh, harry dunn also on and twitter uh, joked and laughed about President Trump being rushed off the stage during a security incident in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and John Cardillo uh, believed that Harry Dunn lied to Congress because of his well-documented political and racial biases. Mm-hmm. Um, he's basically, from what I can see, a, a far-left political activist who's behind his uniform, and uh, nobody, well. The, the bottom line is that he's already got an agenda, um, and the law enforcement officers at this hearing today were completely disgraceful. Um, they were afraid, apparently, of old ladies, and I remember seeing a picture of an old lady who was carrying an American flag inside the Capitol, and <laughs> you got to worry about people like that. If the Republicans um, had the chance to call witnesses, and, and I don't even know if it was structured so that they could, I would imagine right. they would find at least one police officer, one. I would imagine they could find one who would say, you know, Mr. Raskin, Mr. Chairman Thompson, um, all these words and salutes you are giving to us today are appreciated. Where were right. you in July? Well, yeah. Um, another Harry Dunn comment was, um, if me talking about racism makes you uncomfortable, that's, then that's exactly why I'm doing it. Well, I mean, that's kind of interesting. And then from 2019, he says, uh, racism is so American that when you protest it, people think you were protesting America. Mm-hmm. So this guy clearly has an agenda. And and again, the media is never going to tell you any of this. you got to kind of do some research. But going back to uh, the phone, Adam Kinzinger crying, that's just pathetic. Um, We look back at the whole hearing where Nancy Pelosi actually picks the Republicans to be on the committee. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. Um, We we still don't have, again, anything in the media that has done any research on exactly who took part and who caused the problems and what the details were. Uh, and remember, there were Antifa and BLM folks bust into D.C. I don't know if it was the same day or the day before, but we don't know who started this. We do know uh, that there was a lot of enabling going on via 
Nancy Pelosi and the media. So, again, the media is not going to tell us this stuff, so it's going to be up to most uh, patriotic Americans to do some homework here. Well, this, um, is why, just, this is why I don't know that I'm on the same page as John uh, Hinderocker on this. He thinks it's going to just you know, blow over because most Americans don't care. And I, I got to tell you, um, he may be right short term, but gosh, Rob, think about the textbook on this in ten, in 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 five years. What do you think the textbook's oh, yeah. going? I'll tell you what the textbook will say. I'll tell you what mm-hmm. it will say. A Donald Trump, mm-hmm. a President Donald Trump inspired riot with racial mm-hmm. overtones that led to the deaths and injuries of several innocent people. That when investigated, Republicans refused to cooperate with. That's what it'll be. Let me put you on hold real quick, and I'll have your feedback when we come back. I'm Seth Leibson. By the way, bolstering John's point of who the anti-vaxxers are, great polling over uh, at Powerline by Steve Hayward, poll by the uh, Progress COVID tracking poll. Guess what group between evangelical Protestants, non-evangelical Protestants, Catholics, and no religion? Guess who's the least vaccinated of the four groups? Do you need me to tell you? Not by a little either. By at least 20 percentage points, it's the no religion. Interesting, isn't it? Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. We're talking with Rob and Surprise, always smart. Rob, thanks for your patience. Well, I'm uh, I'm a patient guy, yes, and also I, I have to tell you, I've been thank you, I, I've been uh, trading texts with Kurt Schlichter, who we both know is a great guy. Um, one of the things Kurt that, has a great beat on all these things. I mean, he just he really does talk and about I muscular just, just conservatism, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I did get his last uh, the the latest book he just put out, the Split, last week, and I've just started reading it. And it's typically great. What is it's he cranking sort of out a, one a year now? God, that guy is productive. Well, he said originally this was going to come out in May, but now it just came out a couple days ago. Uh, but you know, he's he's been so busy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the um, this goes back to Harry Dunn again. He's a black Capitol police officer, big guy. Um, there was a picture of him on Twitter with Nancy Pelosi, and he had actually claimed again, without evidence, that he was called racial slurs on January 6th. Mm-hmm. And and then, uh, digging back a little further... And he called the uh, president um, a hitman. Well, yeah. You know, but there's no bias there. It's very objective, right? Right. Like nobody ever. Yeah. Um, and, and so from uh, June of 2019, he tweeted out, I hate Tucker Carlson, uh, what an out-of-touch a-hole that has no clue about anything that doesn't look like him or agree with him. So, But Jim Jordan again, was too you know, biased. Right, right, exactly. So what we're dealing with here, of course, is, is a clown show mm-hmm. um, where there aren't any Republicans on the committee that are worth anything. And Do you think it would no be smart? This, this, I guess this depends on where you fall on the Leaps and Hinderocker dispute, but do you find, do you think it would be smart you know, the Republicans don't have to they can anyone can hold hearings. Um, they just don't have to be in the Capitol and approved. But what about it? Wouldn't, wouldn't it be interesting? Or do you think it would be a good idea if Jim Jordan and Andy Biggs uh, hired an, a, a, a special investigator pro tem? 
I don't know, uh, find, find, find me a Jonathan Turley type, if not Jonathan Turley, and held their own field hearing on what happened here just privately, but oh, with yeah. the cameras. Would that be a good idea, or is it better to let it go and move on? I almost think it well, would no, be a good I, idea. You know, we get a minority report well, that way. Yeah, well, again, part of me thinks it's the, the media that won't cover anything that any Republican committee will uh, come up and, and research and <clears throat> have a hearing for. I had an inter- Let me tell you this, though. I had such an interesting conversation with a very smart person. It was a dinner, um, very liberal, uh, endows a lot of liberal causes, and uh, and uh, he's an old family friend. We were having dinner, and um, he was telling me uh, about one of the things he was investing in, this, that, the other. And he was quoting something that Sarah Palin said, and I said, you know, she never said that. And he said, oh, yes, she did. This has been all over the place. What are you talking about? I said, mm, Tina Fey said it on Saturday Night Live. He goes, no. On and on this dispute went until he Googled it and sh- and realized, oh, my gosh, and I've been wrong for four years and I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if you think, you know, we might get value from uh, online uh, re- re- republication of those Republican hearings and mm-hmm. we can show them to people like that one on one. I just wonder. I just wonder if there's an advantage to that. Well, I, I, I think I think there's a, a need to discuss this more. And again, a need for people to understand that they're being played. And again, it all has to do with. Wants gaslighting, projection, hypocrisy, and I think there's a lot of sociopaths that are making all this happen. One of the things I I think about when uh, these Capitol Police guys are are coming out and whining about everything, um, nobody talks about a year ago when a Las Vegas police officer was paralyzed after protesters shot him in the head. Nobody talks about, uh, you know, 100 New York City police officers injured in protests since a year ago. Uh, nobody talks about the federal officers in Portland that may have been permanently blinded by lasers. And nobody talks about uh, all the riots in, uh, uh, well, Louisville, Portland, Minneapolis, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, this, we're supposed to believe Capitol Police, uh, who have been obviously handpicked, who have obviously been groomed and have been briefed ahead of time and who are obviously uh, not pro, well, I guess President Trump at, at minimum. But I think, again, we, we think that maybe they have been paid off or something to say what the committee wanted them to say. And you know Washington probably better than I do. But I suspect, and it's kind of like the Kavanaugh hearing. Uh, and the Clarence Thomas hearings, for that matter. I think people are uh, set up and they pay, they get paid to say whatever it is those powers that be want them to say. But it's not and, hard and either that, to find, I mean, it's really not hard to find liberal lefties in any institution, even in uniform. I mean, my gosh, look at what we've learned about the uh, upper echelons of the military. No surprise to you, of course. A surprise to well, a lot of Americans, though, I think. Mm-hmm. There's, it's yeah. not hard to find them in any institution, including um, including police forces in D.C. I mean, D.C. is a Democratic Party. It's not an outpost. It's not a stronghold. It's a fort. It's a it fort. Is. Almost everyone yeah. in D.C., almost everyone. And that includes those on the uh, why wouldn't they on the government payroll are Democrat. Well, Almost everyone. Yeah. 
Well, that's right. And, and you know that. I know that. And anybody that pays attention probably knows that, too. Um, one big thing, and again, going off the January 6th hearing, I really had a lot of respect for this comedian, Jackie Mason. He uh-huh. just passed away yep. at age 93. Yep. Um, he, was, he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. He was a conservative. He was a rabbi. He was a rabbi. That's right. He went, he went to rabbinical school. That's right. And he, he apparently uh, was, uh, was becoming more popular within his temple for telling jokes yeah. than anything else. Yeah. But, um, and I think it was Tebby Troy, one yep. of your pals, yep. Yep. that gave a really great uh, send-off yeah. in the City Journal about it. Yeah, I'll bring Tebby but on what, to talk about it, you bet. Oh, that's great, because one of my favorite quotes, and this may have actually come from uh, Powerline, was that uh, <laughs> Jackie Mason once said, Clinton is a pathological liar. Nixon lied, too, but Nixon had the decency to sweat yeah, when he did yeah, it. That's right. No, there's <laughs> a lot of – yeah, no, Jackie was, was was a piece of – if you want – there's kind of a sad story about him a little bit, and it's a little embellished, but not much. Um, and it was oh, a Billy Crystal – finger. Well, the, the, yeah, so it's the Billy Crystal into. movie called Mr. Saturday Night, loosely based on that whole incident. Mm. Kind of a sad story, but, uh, oh, you'll like this song going out, Rob. Hey, Rob, thank you. God bless you. I'm Seth. Oh, Dan, listener Dan writes, perhaps the CDC should tackle the other pandemic in this country, uninformed voters. This disease is clearly infecting well over 80 million Americans. (laughs) Okay, Dan, thank you. Be right back. I bring you good news. I bring you good news. It's practically 50-50 now to recall Governor Newsom. The um, the polling for the recall has been shifting in favor of recalling Governor Newsom. And I'll tell you something else. Guess who leads in the race to replace Newsom? Our very own Larry Elder. More to talk about that one a little bit. First, Jeff is in Phoenix. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Seth. How's it going? I'm well, sir. How are you? I'm great. So i just been thinking about this. I sit and uh, wonder... The 1619 Project, all this, the systemic racism in our country, the oppression, all these things that they say are happening, all these things. And then I, I have experience uh, uh, working in a prison, so I know about how uh, most of the jail system is run by race. And I don't think a lot of people out there in the, in the real world know that, that every prison, every jail, almost everything, if you spend time in there and you're in a population, you it is run by your race. And you have to either join a gang. Or probably, or maybe join the church. But anyway. Which well, is often harder than if, joining a gang, by the way. Uh, it is. That's yeah, how I is. understand it. Yeah. Joining a gang is very easy. It's, yeah, it's no, no. Based on the work I did in D.C. with Prison Fellowship, I hope you like those guys. I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I have learned it's, it's often harder to do that than to join a gang. Well, they'll find you out yeah. if you're not really there for, yeah. for true truth. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's often harder to get out of the gang than it is to get in yep. the gang. I understand Most that. Most time that's death. Yep. So anyway, so my question is, if this systemic racism is really is real, then wouldn't it make sense that the obvious uh, leader of that movement would be the either the uh, leader of the Aryan nation or the KKK? Yes. And I would ask any reporter, I would ask anyone out there to name, to, to give me the name of that person. Can't do it. They can't, can't do, do it. it. Can't do it. But I can give you Louis Farrakhan's name. Absolutely. 
And see, that's why they, and I, I can tell you a reason. And why I can they give you Patrice Coulor's name. I know why they don't attack these people yep. because they're afraid of them. Yep. Because these people will come after them because if you take the literature from the Aryan Nation or the KKK and read it and just replace the words in it, wherever they say white, replace it with whatever color you want. And wherever they say another color, replace it with white. And it'll read just like everything that these guys are putting out. I uh, right totally now. agree. And common sense would have won the day with that argument. So the left, progressive left, decided to play a trick to get us out of that uh, logical conclusion. And that is a logical conclusion. They played a game, a rhetorical game, saying, ah, but the historically oppressed cannot be oppressors. And thus they justify one rule for the whites and one rule for everyone else. Jeff, I'm with you if you think it's sick. I'm with you if you think it's sick. You're telling me that these dictators from Idi Amin to others throughout Africa in the 60s, 70s, and 80s couldn't be guilty of oppression? You're telling me Louis Farrakhan, who calls Jews and gays vermin, isn't an oppressor? By the way, is it harder to leave the Nation of Islam than to get in? I bet it is. I bet it is, as with most cults. Jeff, great contribution. Thank you, sir. I'm Seth Lewis-Hallman in the house. A lot to talk about today. We'll be right back.